The latest in the Speaker of the House drama and a new contender emerges for 2024, but it may not be who you think, so you need to tune in. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and White Matters. It is Friday. It's been a short week for us. Uh, I'm Sarah Gonzalez, and I'm joined today by Stupor Gear, of course, of course, host of Stew Does America, which everyone should be subscribed to, not only on YouTube, but also wherever you get your podcasts. You're welcome, Stu. It's wise advice, Sarah, as usual. It's good to see mm-hmm. you. Good to see you, too. Happy I, New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Glad you're back. Also joined by uh, Alex Stein, Blaze TV host of an upcoming show. It's coming out soon, but no. Blaze TV host of a show that you can't find anywhere yet, but don't worry, you will. I just want to make this point. It's been almost three weeks since I've seen you guys, and it's been an emotional reunion, you know? Yeah. Because I'll be honest, too, I've been excluded from a lot of stuff. Always picked last on the team, Mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes, you know, demonized, made fun of. But here at The Blaze, you guys are treating me like family. So this time apart, it's been tough, but now that we're back, let's get it going. That's why he. That's how you know that we we get uh, told that we are ableists all the time, but we're not because we don't discriminate against yeah. the mentally deficient. Exactly, yeah, they actually hire them here. So it's really nice. I think they get a government kickback for it, but who cares? Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> don't talk about that. Um, so I want to give the latest on, the, again, every day this week I've had to say, as of the time of this taping, let's go through what has happened so far in all of the Speaker of the House drama because, you know, as you can see, a couple hours makes a lot of difference, uh, especially with these last couple of days. So um, late last night, there was a report early this morning that late last night there could be a deal, a GOP deal that was emerging uh, that could give McCarthy a path to the speakership. And now we're finding out that, um, let's see, there were several Republican members-elect who voted for McCarthy in the first ballot after opposing him in the first 11 votes. I think there were like 14 of them. It included Dan Bishop, uh, Josh Burkeen, Mike Cloud, Andrew Clyde, Byron Donalds, who that one was interesting to me because he was the other Republican who the others, the anti-McCarthy people, had nominated. He ended up voting for McCarthy today in that first ballot. Uh, Paul Gassar, uh, Anna Paulina Luna, Mary Miller, Ralph Norman, uh, Andy Ogle, Scott Perry, Chip Roy, who was very outspoken as well, and Keith Self. Um, so very interesting. Again, as of the time of this taping, I, like this could be, th- you know what? You could just take this entire conversation and throw it in the garbage by the time you watch it. But Yeah, actually, <laughs> I have an update. Taylor Swift was just in the last <laughs> I wish. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it totally Swift. Okay, <laughs> but did you, uh, let me just, I kind of loved Matt Gates's nomination of Donald Trump. Everybody loved that. What do you kind of love? That was, uh, even Marjorie was laughing. Well, but Everybody I'm just saying, it. no, no, no. But I'm saying, like, realistically, you get him as Speaker of the House, <laughs> and then you run, like, that opens up the field for the presidency, and we don't have to have this bickering back and forth of, like, well, he deserves it. No one can run against him. He's just already Speaker of the House, and he gets to just completely taunt Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> he, like, that's Wait, perfect. I have to, to step in, Sue. Yeah, yeah. This is coming from a person that was just invited to DeSantis's inauguration, so I wonder if you're, are you a little, we wanted DeSantis' Whoa. presidency, and I don't know if you guys know oh. this, so Accusations she, are flying now. Is she anti-Trump? No. no. Did we just bust Sarah <laughs> no. Gonzalez? Some guys no. on there? I'm no. just No, and I can't, so, no, 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 I love that you brought that up, because that's, I've heard that from people like, oh, I can't believe you attended that backstabbers. I'm like, 
This was literally for the governorship of Florida. Yeah. Like, that's, that's all that this was. And, and why You guys he... are making it about something that it's not. He hasn't announced. He continues to not announce. Like, I am supporting him being governor of Florida because he's the most based governor in the entire country. And he has paved the way for, like, so much that other governors, including ours, have followed rather than actually leading. So, yeah, of course I love the guy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, objectively, you cannot say that he did a bad job. In Florida, anybody that says that is insane. So not liking DeSantis because you like a candidate more, it's just, it's like uh, high school drama. He has yeah. red-pilled, like, the entirety of Florida. Yeah, no, so I love DeSantis. In four, in and four I like Trump, but DeSantis is, if you don't like DeSantis because you like Trump, come on, look in the mirror. You got some really mental gymnastics you're going through that really don't make sense. Yeah, it, I just, I, I can't deal with the, uh, the drama there. But, um, so how does this, I guess... Perhaps McCarthy takes it today, but it has been fascinating to see uh, these people continue. What were they called? The Taliban 20, which was, <laughs> I would say, a little bit of an exaggeration. Um, but, you know, it's been interesting. It's been fascinating um, watching these people continue to hold out. Uh, a lot of them were saying, I don't care what you guys say. I'm never voting for the guy. But, I, you know, I think a lot of them were using this as a negotiation tactic, and I think rightfully so, specifically Lauren Boebert, who said, you know, we offered him a deal on border security and, you know, um, a couple other things. I can't remember them off the top of my head. And, and he didn't do it. He didn't agree to these things. Later on, they came back and said, okay, well, now he's starting to agree to it. So, I mean, perhaps they are getting what they wanted out of the deal, or at least most of them. I mean, there was always a large opposition to McCarthy being speaker, and they went through this process over the past couple of months to try to win a bunch of these people over, and they successfully got a bunch of them over. Mm -hmm. Then it came up to voting time, and the, McCarthy's last move right before the vote was to scream at them and swear at them right. and call them terrorists. Mm -hmm. And so you, they cre he created, uh, there's about 20 people in this group, about I don't know, I don't know, half of them, maybe less than half, were people who were just like, you just called me a terrorist mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I'm never going to vote for you because you're a bad person, right? right? Like right. that's where, you know, you could see that there's a split there. People like Chip Roy were kind of like focused on, hey, let's make this house run better. Let's put some limitations on what the speaker can do. Let's make this thing run like it's supposed to, mm -hmm. which seems like a really rational idea. Mm -hmm. And, you know- Did he, you say radical or rational? <laughs> both, I guess, uh, in this country. Uh, so he was, uh, that group of people, came over here uh, over the past 24 hours. There's some sort of negotiation. There is a deal. It's, they were examining it overnight. And a bunch of the people, even some of the people that, that were thought to be ungettable, Mm -hmm. came over. Mm -hmm. And so I think they're down to seven people holding out. They can have four, and he can still win uh, the, the, the speakership. Though it all depends, too, on like how many people are there to vote. Like Ken Buck wasn't there, so the number was a little bit lower. One Democrat, I think, was not there as well. This was the first vote where McCarthy actually beat Jeffries. Um, so the first time he was actually ahead of the Democrat after the Republicans got elected. So it's been a bizarre yeah. process. I don't think anybody is sitting here saying, like, oh, Kevin McCarthy's going to be gangbuster. He's going to be the greatest guy of all time. We're all going to think of him as, as an incredible speaker. The question is whether, you know, how long does this go on? And is there anyone else? You know, I mean, like they're talking about, OK, McCarthy goes away. You put Scalise in there you know, you put Stefanik in there. All right. I mean, it's not going to be that much different. You put in a conservative. You're not going to get the, the, the moderates in the, on, the, on the left side of the party. You put in some moderate. You're not going to get the conservatives, though. You might get some Democrats. That seems even worse to me. 
So I don't know. I don't know where to go on this. This is. I think eventually he's going to get over this line, though. He's only got three more people he needs to win over, and he can probably bribe them into voting for him. Yeah, I mean, if they're already to the point where uh, he's agreed to, that's what the report was that they've they lowered the threshold to, for them to vote for a, a no confidence, right? Like a mm-hmm. motion to vacate for Speaker of the House, lowered it all the way to five, and then they were like, "No, that's not good enough. We want it to be one." one. And he was like. Fine, <laughs> right. I'll yeah. do it. Yeah. So, I mean, you can imagine, he like, wants anything's on. Yeah, anything's he, he on. He wants this well, game. Well, obviously, he wants it. But see, this is what I'm frustrated about, is that these people that are holding out, I want them to continue to hold out because it leaves them with very few options. And one of those options is either getting a plurality vote, which he would lose to Hakeem Jeffries, so that he doesn't want to do that. And the other one would be actually working with the Democrats, which I would love, because then we'd have evidence to show this is a uniparty. They mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm a, I'm a conservative. I, yeah, you're going to give a billion, trillion, quadillion dollars <laughs> to the Ukraine. It's like... I want somebody that cares about America and puts American citizens, American veterans, American children, Americans first. And McCarthy's not that guy. And so I think if they could just hold out a little longer and they put him in a position where he had to do that, that would wake up a lot of people. Not that the people aren't awake, but the media, everybody, it would just it would give this whole narrative that, okay, people say they're conservative, but really they're all part of the uniparty. Yeah, and I think the plurality uh, situation that they can go for now, uh, they'd have to get over 218 votes to get that rule change. But if they did it, Right now, as of right now, McCarthy is. This is the first vote he was actually ahead of Jeff. Oh, this one he so, would have. So he could won. theoretically win it, but then you get down to that line where <laughs> he doesn't want to risk the chance of calling a plurality vote and then losing right. it. And he could lose it because <laughs> right. I mean, you could see. Could you see a situation where a couple of these never McCarthy people who are just like, you know what? Screw you! I'm going Jeffries. Yeah. yeah, and then they and then that whole thing happens. It's possible. It's unlikely, but it's possible. Well, these people have egos that are the size of the you know Goodyear blimp, and I'm a pimp on a blimp, so I wouldn't put it past <laughs> them. You know, they literally do not care about Americans. They care about themselves more. So, and this is the other thing: is the backdoor dealing with McCarthy? Oh, you know, don't primary these candidates. Don't do all this. This is stuff that he should be doing already. They shouldn't have to be making backdoor deals with their own party yeah. in order to get his vote. So it's just a really screwed up system. It's really frustrating to see as Americans because it shows you how incompetent and how dysfunctional our federal government really is. Yeah, and it's just frustrating. Um, I saw Rogan O'Hanley point this out on Twitter, and I thought it was just such a great point that, you know, we continue to play this... I say we. I don't consider myself a member of the Republican Party anymore, so I, I don't. I shouldn't say we. But you see, the 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 mainstream Republican Party continue to be like, well, we have to put up someone who can work with the Democrats because, I'm sorry, did you not see Nancy Pelosi the last mm-hmm. billion years, however long she was Speaker of the House? She impeached Trump twice over BS, you know, crap, and then she she's ripping up his State of the Union address when she's standing behind him for that yeah. viral moment. She's like, she didn't care what the other side thought of her. Why can we not agree that we need someone exactly like that? You have to fight fire with fire. I'm tired of people saying, well, we're the, we have to be the, we have to be the moral ones. We can't stoop down to their level. Why the hell not? It doesn't matter if you're playing a game and one of you is playing by the rules and the other is not, who wins? Right? Like if you can't continue to play by the rules when the other team has decided there are no rules. It makes it very difficult uh, to have a fair game. I think what's interesting, too, is that look at the difference between the Democratic and Republican Party here. There's many differences. You just pointed out a great one. Another one is that the far left of the party and the Democrats could have done the same thing last time Mm -hmm. with a squad and Mm -hmm. a few more. Mm -hmm. Right. To get universal health care is one of the ideas. Was Mm -hmm. one of the big ideas. And they wind up not doing it. There's a couple of reasons for that. You know, uh, Pelosi has some sort of mysterious power over them. But also, like, Even though Nancy Pelosi didn't go as far left as they wanted, 
They knew in their hearts that she was dedicated to the generalized cause of moving this country yep. far to the left. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That is not what we have in the Republican yep. Party. That's exactly right. I do right. not have the opinion of, Andy, of, of Kevin McCarthy. Yep. I call him Andy every single time. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy to move he, his heart, his inertia, the current behind him is not to move it to the, the right of yep. the party. It might be to move it less to the left. Than mm. Nancy Pelosi, and some Maybe. sometimes you can't always tell right. that. Maybe. But like you know, like do I think that we'd have lower taxes if Andy McCarthy was king rather than Nancy Pelosi? Kevin, sure, yeah. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy. Why, Andy? You jerk. Watch too much football. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I've got like ten different people named Andy McCarthy in my head, and only one that's wait, Kevin. Wait, is there? Wait, I'm thinking of Mike McCarthy. Mike yeah, McCarthy, you got that. You got Andy McCarthy is an, I, I know this because I've screwed it up so many times. People are like, are you calling him the '80s actor? No, I think the guy that's in my head is the 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 writer, uh, the oh. conservative writer, Andy McCarthy. Okay, but okay. Whatever. The bottom line is, now I I'm going to mess with yeah, yeah, yeah. His name's Kevin McCarthy. I'm yes. going through all okay. the McCarthys in my yeah. head. Yes. Okay, go. So Kevin McCarthy, though, like <laughs> we don't have that opinion of him. Like I, if we had someone who we believed was a little more moderate than us, or right. maybe a little more open to some policies we don't like, but had a general idea of we. Need Need to have a smaller government, and we need to take, uh, you know, the, the federal government Ron out Paul. of the business. Yeah, like, a, like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, Ron Paul. There's plenty of stuff I could find that I would disagree with Ron Paul. I'm sure, but like, at least I know his overall intent is generally the same as mine, right. yeah. and that is not what we have with McCarthy, or really like most people that you could name in Congress. Yeah. Oh, but let's let's applaud the Republican uh, politicians that are actually standing up for what they believe in, unlike the Democrat ones that wouldn't stand up for what they quote unquote believe in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, sure. I, okay. I want to get to this before we have to go to break. Uh, so I, I mentioned that there is a new contender for 2024. Well, drum roll, please. It is, uh, of course, Donald Trump's ex-national security advisor, John Bolton. Wow. The contender literally no one was asking for is <laughs> except now, John except John Bolton has now announced he will join the race. I want to play a clip for you uh, of John Bolton making that announcement, and I want you to pay very close attention to which network he has chosen to make this announcement on. Watch. John Bolton has exclusively told Good Morning Britain he wants to become the next president of the United States. What would a John Bolton America look like if you were commander-in-chief? I would get in to win the nomination, and I would do no. it oh uh, primarily on the basis that we need a much stronger foreign policy. I think Trump's support within the party itself uh, is in terminal decline. What would you say to your critics who will obviously watch this interview and they will say, OK, listen, John, you simply don't have the experience. Well, I wouldn't run as a vanity candidate. Uh, if, if I didn't think I could run seriously, then, then I wouldn't get in the race. You know John Bolton's PR team like, blasted out that he was going to run to all of the mainstream media outlets in America. And they're like, we have a big announcement. John Bolton's going <laughs> yeah. to announce. Do you want the exclusive? And literally everyone in America was like, nah. You can just give it to Great Britain. That's fine. It's weird considering, like, <laughs> the country exists because we exited Great Britain. Like, that was yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> the, whole part, the whole plan of the country was to not be dependent on Great Britain anymore. I mean, look, Bolton has no chance of winning. No, I think we no. all know that. He, I mean, he's not 
an unserious person. Like he's he, he has plenty of experience to be president. He's doing States. coups. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's, he's got plenty of experience in the deep state. Yeah. He so. has plenty of experience. I mean, all throughout government. I mean, he's obviously much more hawkish than the base of the party is at this point. I mean, he'd have. I don't think he'd have much support at all. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he's not like just some random guy. He's been around for a long time. But there's not going to be any support for John Bolton. It, it would be a vanity candidate, and he's wanted to run for a long time. Right. Right. Alex. Last yeah. Time. I mean, John Bolton. Like I said, he said uh, January 6 wasn't a coup because I'm the expert in coups, basically. You know, quote unquote. So, <laughs> I mean, this guy. I mean, yeah, he might be president if he can cheat and lie and steal. So I wouldn't put it past him. But yeah, his chance to become president zero percent. That really was an amazing, amazing moment. Well, that to he say that he literally said that yes, publicly did. and didn't think anything of it. Well, just like well, I had to say this. Just like those elections in Venezuela, now they seem to be happening in Harris County. It's like somehow, <laughs> somehow, all the same systems and same backdoors all seem what, to exist here in America. What were you going to say, real quick? Uh, I was going to say I read I read the book that Bolton put out, mm-hmm. you know, a year or two ago, and he talks about all these things he was involved <laughs> really? in. Yeah. Um, and, and quite the quite literal easiest example was. A very public one, which was Venezuela, yeah. right? Like, I mean, yeah. they, including Donald Trump, they were all very supportive of this. He was working with Trump at the time, and they were absolutely like in the middle of <laughs> doing a public coup. But there were other examples in the book where he was, you know, he, look, he was deep in that world. The deep state gets overused, honestly, at times. But like with him, I mean, they, this is the guy. He was the Quite one literally. pulling yeah. these strings around the country in multiple administrations, around the world, excuse me, in multiple yeah. administrations. Yeah. Um, all right, we got to take a quick break. We will be back with more. First, I want to thank our sponsor, My Patriot Supply. So, uh, look, even the president has said there are going to be food shortages. And a lot of you, if you're in New York or, you know, there are some places I've been seeing pictures where they're just literally out of eggs. They're out there out of all of the food that you might need to feed your family. You don't want to get caught where you're just like, oh, they're out of all of the food at the grocery store and I have nothing here. I, you know, you guys want to call us preppers. Well, let me tell you, you're not coming to my house when all of the apocalypse happens, okay? So you got to go to My Patriot Supply. Right now, you will save $200 on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. They are America's largest preparedness company. You can go to preparewithnews.com. Stock up now while you can still save $200 per kit. It's going to be breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's going to make sure that it gives you 2,000 calories uh, per person so that you can have and keep that energy. You can go to prepare preparewithnews.com for these kits. I'm just telling you, this is not the kind of thing that you want to sleep on because the whole point is to be prepared before something bad happens. Go do that at preparewithnews.com. Not sure how many of you noticed the date today. It is, of course, January 6th, and that means it has been two years since all of the January 6th debacle happened at the White House uh, in 2021. Um, I think this is a story that often gets overlooked in a lot of places, that there are still a lot of political prisoners. There are still a lot of uh, people who... I would say, you know, nonviolent people who are being held or are being, you know, uh, uh, harassed to put through the criminal justice system because of a political vendetta. And I want to welcome to the program once again to uh, to discuss this with me, Joe McBride of the McBride Law Firm, who has represented a a good a good amount of these January 6thers. And um, Joe, I just wanted to thank you for being on, by the way, today. Um, I know it's you're good busy. To be here. Yeah, I know you're a busy guy, so I, I I value your time and I appreciate it. But um, you have just really led the way 
in uh, bringing awareness and attention to what is happening to these January Sixers who are still uh, who are still, I guess, having their cases adjudicated, but oftentimes uh, still in confinement in really horrendous conditions. Um, what what is your sense of like, are these things close to being tied up yet? Do we still have a ton of people who are, you know, having the, the criminal justice system abuse them? Like, where, where are we in this process? Because it's been two years. Well, let me give you uh, a little hint as what the uh, true answer to that question is. Yesterday, I appeared in uh, D.C. District Court in front of Judge Thomas Hogan. He is the most senior judge on the bench at 85 years old. And he announced to us, uh, surprisingly, that he was retiring from the bench. And we were like, wow, you know, you're a distinguished judge retiring from the bench. Like, sort of what is going on? And he didn't give us much, obviously. He's, he doesn't have to. He just simply needs to say that he's going. But he did say that he got word that there are another thousand of these cases coming. And he just had no interest in doing that for the next four to five years. And because of that, um, he was, uh, you know, his last day on the bench would be the 31st of January and that my case with Ryan Nichols would be transferred. And it was transferred yesterday to Judge uh, Royce Lambert, who I've yet to meet. But um, another thousand are coming. So this is going nowhere. This is going to get worse. They are doubling and tripling down on this fight. And people need to wake up. This is very, very serious. I've been saying this for two years, that you could be next. They went from looking at people who were inside the Capitol to looking at people who were merely in D.C. that day. Now they're going after the entire community. Mm. I, I just It's hard to imagine what kind of charges they want to put on these people. Um, I, I want to get to the case, the trial that you have coming up next week, I believe. Uh, this is, of course, the infamous guy who put his feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Um, tell us about that case and what are the charges against him? So uh, Richard Barnett is a 61-year-old man from Arkansas with no criminal history of any kind. He showed up to the Capitol on January 6th to petition the government for redress of grievances. He was pushed, pushed into the east side of the Capitol, the Columbus doors. They were opened up from the inside. He was pushed in against his will. He had to use the bathroom. Uh, and he started looking for a bathroom when he was inside. He wound up in Speaker Pelosi's office. Two journalists from the French Associated Press said, hey, why don't you sit down and take a picture? Uh, he took a picture and the rest is history. He has become one of the faces of the quote unquote insurrection, which is obviously a misnomer. Uh, this should have been wrapped up with a misdemeanor trespass plea at best. Instead, they have turned this into, you know, the prosecution of Osama bin Laden. It's absolutely ridiculous. We had uh, been operating under one set of charges until recently, but then the government probably realized that we were about to beat them on the original indictment. And about 10 days ago, they indicted him, uh, they superseded his what? indictment, adding a civil disorder felony charge, complicating the entire case for us, despite no change in fact. It's completely unfair. It's completely against the rules. We filed a motion saying, hey, this is unfair. We at least, at the very least, need more time to, to gather ourselves here. Court really didn't care. We're going to trial on Monday. I put a great team together. It's led by myself, Attorney Jonathan Gross, Brad Geyer, 
Carolyn Stewart. We're going to go in there and we're going to do uh, great work under very unfair circumstances and under incredible odds. But we have no choice. Uh, we signed up for this. We were glad to stand in the gap for him and to stand on the right side of history. And we're going to do our absolute best to get him justice in this very unfair situation. Yeah, it's 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 really hard to understand, Joe, why more Republicans are not speaking out about this. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it really, truly is like this has been going on for these people for literally two years. They have been thrown into this and and it's this been their entire life. And it's like as soon as it happened, all the Republicans were just magically it's like they got the little men in black uh light and it just, they just completely forgot that it ever happened i mean including sometimes i hate to say it but including donald trump where are the republicans on this why why are they not talking about this you know some of them are the most most of them aren't you make a very good point uh look i'm, I'm a brooklyn guy i grew up with a, with a bunch of different gangster movies that i loved there's one in particular called the bronx tale and there's a moment in the, in, in the movie where, where C, the young guy, he's talking about how Mickey Mantle is his hero. And Sonny says to him, he said, hey, kid, Mickey Mantle is never going to pay your rent. And the little boy learned in that moment, wow, this is my idol, but my idol doesn't care about me. He doesn't even know my name. Mickey Mantle is never going to pay my rent. I got to go out there and I got to do it for myself. And that's my reference for these Republicans in Congress. They run on this issue of being heroic. They run on this issue of being men or women of the people. But when the rubber meets the road, they tuck tail and run. So what we can do is primary them and vote them out. Mm -hmm. We have some very good America First Republicans who have come in. We obviously have some who have been there for quite a while who are, who are fighting. I hear, uh, based on negotiations and discussions, that uh, uh, Representative Gosar is one of the most outspoken voices in these negotiations right now. And you have a couple other good people there. But by and large, the Republicans have done a whole lot of nothing. And they should be held fully accountable. These people are not our friends. People who have spent their entire life in government, they're about their friends and their, and their social circles. They don't care about the people back home. That's why there should be term limits. This is why there should be a full investigation into January 6th. Any Republican that doesn't vociferously speak out in favor of an investigation into January 6th should not be in Congress mm -hmm. anymore. We got to get rid of them. We got to route them out because what they're doing is straight up cowardice. It's un-American and it's wrong. I uh, I can't agree with you more. Um, so, Joe, one last question for you. I would imagine that a lot of these, I mean, these people, they're just regular Americans. They don't have the money to just drown themselves in legal bills. Um, wh how are they? How are they paying for all of this? That's a great question, Sarah, and I appreciate you asking it. These are you know, your your paycheck to paycheck middle American, blue collar Americans with no savings. They've never taken a free dime from the government, but they've never been able to save a dime for themselves. As a result, they have not been able to finance these cases. We have taken these cases on with the hope that the American people would contribute. We have give, send, goes for each of these people. And there's also a global give, send, go on my website, McBrideLawNYC.com. You can go there and look for the J6 uh, uh, tab 
and there you can donate. Just go to the global one and just donate. All that money right now is going to Richard Barnett's trial because that's where it's needed most. But we have had to crowdfund and crowdsource this stuff. And just for some perspective, Richard Barnett's original gifts and go had like $300,000 in it. They took it, they hijacked it, they shut it down, they sent all the money back to his people, and he was never raised. He, we haven't even raised $20,000 in this case. Mm. But we came, he was my first January 6th case that I took. Google, social media, all the platforms that made it impossible to raise money in his case but mm. we are going to defend him as if we had a million dollar budget because that's who he deserves. We're going to defend him as if he were my own father because that is what you're called to do as an attorney. But if people are inclined to give, you can go to my website, you can give there. And if you can't give, please support us with your prayers because we need them badly. Yeah, well, um, I just can't tell you again how much we appreciate uh, all of the work that you guys are doing. Um, you know, you and obviously Alex and I, Alex Stein is here. Um, Alex and I personally know John Gross as well. Uh, and you guys are just, just like, y'all are the dynamic duo over there. So yes. we, we appreciate it very much. And uh, keep, keep us posted on, on how everything's going. Will do. God bless you guys and God bless America. Thank you, Joe. Um, all right. We've got to take a quick break. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Upside. So inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back. You know, maybe you're driving less. Maybe you're dining out less. Maybe you're buying less from the grocery store. Maybe it's because there's no food there. I don't know. But we can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That is why you need to use Upside. It's a really, really great app for anyone who, oh, does things like buy gas, buy groceries, dine out, which is literally everyone. And you don't have to cut back because you're getting cash back on every purchase. It's very, very easy. You just go to your phone, uh, download the free Upside app. And if you use my promo code NEWS, you'll get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. You can claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. You go to your app, you check in at the business, you pay as usual with whatever you, your credit card, whatever, and you will get paid. And by the way, in comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have such a high rating on the App Store. You got to go there, download the app, and uh, use promo code NEWS to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That is $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code NEWS. I want to go back to a story that I think broke during the break, and but I think it's a very important one that we haven't discussed yet, well, since the break, but this is a story that we've been talking about for years, which is uh, Jeff Younger, the Jeff Younger case here in Texas, who, for those of you who don't know, you're probably familiar with the story, maybe you don't recognize the name, but uh, he has been in this very, very long, years-long battle with his ex-wife against transitioning his young son, James. Uh, so they, they went through a long divorce process. The ex-wife is a pediatrician, and there's video documentation of, you know, the little boy at, what, three, four years old, um, saying that, you know, mommy tells me that I'm a girl. Um, and so there's just been this battle, and... He took it to the Supreme Court here in Texas, and the Texas Supreme Court uh, has ruled against his appeal to prevent his ex-wife from moving his son, James, to California, where, of course, he is concerned that he will, she will have access to uh, whatever she wants to mutilate over in California as a child. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, and it's just been really difficult to understand all of the rulings in this particular case, um, other than 
the judge is just must be a giant liberal because I understand and I know Glenn talked to to Jeff on mm -hmm. one of his specials recently mm -hmm. um, and I know you're familiar with the case mm -hmm. Alex as well and I, I think you know perhaps I don't I'm not saying this could be the case but I do know that you know she uh, the judge put Jeff under a gag order mm -hmm. he's not supposed to talk about it so you know you might might say like well he didn't follow the rules and so she's upset at him but I would argue, too, that putting him under the gag order is completely unprecedented. Mm -hmm. And how else do you fight back and speak out against it if you're literally not allowed to talk about this crazy thing that's happening um, to your son? But he was she was able to get this uh, decision. And now she is going to move the boys to uh, to California where God knows what's going to happen to them. But it's just really sad to see happening in Texas. Yeah, it's obviously completely insane, right? We are living in such a, such weird times. I mean, you know, we've been doing the show with, I've been doing the show with Glenn mm -hmm. for long enough now where, like, I can remember us dreaming up crazy mm -hmm. scenarios <laughs> to mock the current thing yeah. happening, whatever the cultural bent was at the time. And so many of the things we came up with as comedy bits have come true. Yeah. You know, things like this were supposed to be completely insane where you could just say with words and you say certain words and change someone's gender by just saying they're a girl, they're a girl. That's obviously uh, crazy, right? Like, and I mean that like in the clinical sense, like it is obviously crazy to believe that that could be true. And yet, our, you know, half of our society has decided it is. How do you push back against that? I mean, you know, it's one thing when someone leaves the state, right? It's, it's sometimes difficult, you know, for one state to essentially overrule another state. Uh, but, you know, the fact that, like, these things happen, even in red states like Texas, is shocking. Mm -hmm. Shocking. Now, of course, there are liberal just, ju uh, judges in Texas. There's no doubt about it. You go to certain, mm -hmm. you go to cities, you, you'll find Dallas them. County, man. Yeah, Harris exactly. County. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's tons of them here. It's a red state overall, but there's plenty of pockets mm -hmm. of blue in it, and that may just be what what what, what we found here. But it's just it's a it's a shocking thing because you if you can't if you can't come up with a basic understanding of truth with you and your fellow man, you cannot operate a civilization right. like you can't it doesn't mean we have to agree on everything but right. like the fact that like a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl is pretty foundational to the human experience and we can't even agree on that anymore well actually i'm gonna go a little less controversial okay we shouldn't be chopping off body parts of i would say anyone but mm. children mm-hmm Right, like we should not be seems cutting off I think children's very, breasts. You would think, you would a, think, that's right? That's a very general statement, but I think it can be that general. It's that children under 18 should not have any sort of surgery that would you know, cause them to have some sort of problems later on in life, whether they change their mind or whether they decide yeah. to keep their you know, transition. But with the Jeff Younger case, this is really what scares me. You know, I've always, you know, I've met Jeff, I like Jeff, I consider Jeff a friend of mine, but this is the problem for me that really scares me is that because it was such a public court case, because it was such a public battle, and because we know the system is rigged against us, the system took his kid away because he fought against the system. Mm -hmm. So for me, it blackpills mm -hmm. me. It's like, oh my gosh, if we fight against the system, they're literally going to take your kid, change, its, change his sex, move him to a different state, and you literally have no legal recourse over your own biological son. So for me, it's like this black pill. Like this is, like you said, this is the dystopian future, and we're in it. It's kind of like this doesn't even seem real. And then I also kind of look at this problem, and I'm like, I'm sure there's some, you know, liberal places in Europe, but this is like an American problem. We are the leader in, you know, yeah. transitioning mm -hmm. children. So we need to stop this, guys, or this is, this might be the Jeff Younger of America, but there's going to be a trillion Jeff Youngers in other countries. I mean, I hope not that many, but gosh, I just hope this isn't the start of we see another 
you know, high-profile case where a guy loses custody of his son that he doesn't want to transition, but the mom does, and it's just this huge, insane fight where it divides us between left and right, and at the end of the day, the kid loses. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it is, it does give, look, I, I have this conversation a lot with, you know, with the audience and, and just with people out there on social media that it's frustrating for me when I go to all of these events and I get the uh, footage that I get that I don't see, like, I'm like, where are the dads making a big stink about mm -hmm. this, right? Where are the dads of the commun community standing up and speaking out? And this got, does give credence to a lot of the, the defense that I hear, which is, what are they going to do? Because they fight with their wives, they get divorced, and then their wives are going to trans their kids and, and yeah. leave them, right? Well, they and trans like, them sometimes to get back at the dad. That, that, uh, right. That, that well, I a, know. That's what I'm saying. Like, then they're just going to do it because they're going to be spiteful, and that's how women are. And, you know, it's like, I do, I, I'm not like... <laughs> and, and this isn't are. every circumstance. Is. Well, no, but Sarah, this is real. No, I'm saying we cover this. This is real. You'll often see it's a single mom that is oftentimes transitioning their boy to a female yes. or vice versa. It's yes. almost like a pet. It's it's yes. insane. And I've seen it touching and feeling. I can see it with my hands that this is real. This isn't just some right-wing conspiracy. So for me, it is very scary. And it just paints a picture of the future that I don't like to see. Yeah, right. I, to go back to your point you made about how the kids are the ones losing here. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really true. And you talked about... Uh, um, the show he Glenn did with Jeff Younger. Yeah. He also did a recent podcast with a, a girl named Chloe. And Chloe Cole. I think, yeah. yeah, Chloe Cole. I think she's, she's, 17, been, yeah, yeah, 18. she's been on the show. She had a mastectomy at 14. Now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you saw the damage. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, you know, if, if everyone in the audience is familiar with it, but like the, she went through a transition. Mm -hmm. uh, she was encouraged to do it, uh, really at the behest of doctors even more than her parents, and wound up, of course, regretting it later on and detransitioning. And now she's suffering in a body that has been mutilated. Mm -hmm. Really, you know, I, I mean, almost, you know, Obviously against her will. We talk about this yes. with like people who, uh, you know, who uh, the statutory rape charges are against someone. And we, we say appropriately, well, they can't consent. Whether they consented or not, they can't consent because yep. they're too young to consent. Yep. That is the situation with so many of these stories. Yeah, they might go along with it at that time. But then they were, when they regret it later on, it's not their fault for making the wrong decision at 12. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's, the, it's the fault of sometimes the parents, sometimes medical authorities, sometimes judges. Whatever the case is, this has got to stop. And I think the only way it does stop are massive lawsuits, yep. massive lawsuits yep. that, that go after these institutions and, and terrify them from teaching this stuff and performing these surgeries. Yeah. Well, I just I want to make this quick point. Really quick. Uh, okay, just real quick. Gender dysphoria is a mental health issue. You're not going to fix it by cutting off any body parts. Yep. So until we go after the mental health issue, it's just going to continue to get bad. Amen. Uh, all right, we got to take another quick break. First, I want to thank our sponsor, Chamonix. So uh, look, it's a new year. We got some New Year's resolutions. Maybe your New Year resolution is to, I don't know, look a little younger. Or is, is that just me? Is no, that, we all want to look younger. Is that younger. just me? Come on okay, now. good. It's not just me. Uh, they've got a New Year's clearance event going on right now. You can save over 70% off Jenny Cell's most popular package to take care of all of your skincare needs, uh, whether it be fine lines, maybe forehead wrinkles, sagging jawline, uh, dark marks, skin redness, and even under eye bags. Trust me, I use immediate effects all the time and you literally can feel it working under your eyes. It is the craziest thing. Uh, and by the way, it's a guarantee or 100% of your money back, so you have nothing to lose. Right now, they've got a top-selling hyaluronic acid serum. It's included absolutely free in every most popular package. you got to go to GeniaCell.com slash Y. Enter code Y at the checkout. You're going to be upgraded to free shipping for the new year. Don't wait. Go to GeniaCell.com slash Y. That is G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Y. <laughs> 
All right, I wanna kinda of go back to the, the same topic here, but just a different um, angle. So there's a new Dutch investigative report that has revealed that the 2006 study upon which, like the, this entire medical experiment that we're doing to our children, giving them you know, uh, puberty blockers and, and all of these things was, oh, it was just funded by a maker of puberty blockers, which will come as no surprise to those of you who have already been jaded by the medical community as I have for very, very, very many years. Um, but uh, I think it's important that the public realize that like, okay, let me just give you this one. So this, this is a, an article that was just published, the, the investigation that I, that I mentioned. It's talking about the Dutch protocol, which involves blocking the puberty of adolescents who are suffering from gender dysphoria and form, it forms the basis for gender affirming care for the model uh, that has been adopted by pediatric gender clinics all over the world. And uh, it was funded by Faring Pharmaceuticals, the company that makes the drug tryptorelin as a puberty blocker. Um, and the research is, uh, it's very, very shaky. And, you know, it's been discredited numerous times due to a lack of control. Um, so it was never a good study to begin with. But I think it's very important to take a step back and realize that this is not just a Dutch problem. Like this is happening, I would argue, in America more than, than you know, the Dutch, that like you got to look at who is funding these studies that the government will tout as, you know, well, look, we, gosh, I want to say something and I won't because I'm going to get us banned from YouTube. <laughs> but I'm just saying, um, oftentimes the government is in bed with big pharma and, you know, the government is uh, funding these studies. But even when the government is doing it, you got to look at what their angle is, because if they want a certain outcome, they will achieve a certain outcome. Just go watch the movie, the movie Vaxxed. I'll just put it that way. Are you shocked, Stu, <laughs> that the, that mm -hmm. the, uh, the company that Stunned. makes puberty blockers funded the study that shows that we should be giving children puberty blockers? It's very bizarre. Who yeah. could have seen it? Uh, who could have seen it coming? And I, I, I even take offense to the term gender-affirming care. Yeah. If you have a, a kid that is born a boy and you tell it it is a boy, that is uh, affirming their gender. Affirming. Yep. Mm -hmm. Telling it it is a girl is the opposite right. of affirming their gender. Right. We need to get these terms straight, first of all. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, and, and I just look at the situation that's you know happening in the Dutch, when you look at these studies, they're all rigged in some sort of way, and we look at these prestigious universities like Harvard and Stanford, and any study that comes out of there, we're like, oh, you know, this is the truth, this is, it's so black and white, whatever they say, but at the end of the day, these studies can be rigged just like any election, just like anything else in the world, so for me, if you quote a study, I, Basically, you know, I don't even take that as credit. If somebody, you know, like in a debate, I'm oftentimes yeah. in debates, like, oh, well, this study says this. I don't believe any of these studies because right. the same people that are putting on these studies are the ones that are selling you the drugs that in these studies say the drug is good for you. Right, yeah. Well, when you allow them to study themselves, I mean, you <laughs> see what happens like with Pfizer. They're like, oh, we'll take 75 years to get back to you with that yeah. data. Mm -hmm. And it's 100% uh, in not spreading. You know, the, I think the early data was that it was 100% not going to get COVID when the vaccine first came out from their own data. That was one of the statistics that it was Albert 100%, Borla, I believe. He did say 100%. Yeah. So. I can't remember what it was for. Was it transmission? Uh, either transmission or, yeah, I guess it was transmission. But regardless, these guys can lie because they're the ones that are cooking the books. And then when it comes to the pharmaceutical industry, I'd like somebody to freaking police the FBI or police our own police force. But oftentimes it's all crooked and it's all rigged. Yeah. Last words, Joe. We got 10 seconds. Uh, I mean, look, you should be able to make your own choices, right? And yeah. it's like they, when this is the, the, what they're doing now is banning people from social media and right. getting people fired from their jobs for these reasons. You know, like, I, I, it's scary, and the kids are the victims. Yeah, amen. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back. I've been having like this philosophical, weird.
We've only got about a minute and a half left, but I just wanted to let everyone know, uh, all you comic book lovers, it's too bad Eric July's not here uh, to speak on this. DC Comics has a, they have a new storyline with a pregnant Joker character, but it's a, it's a guy, so... <laughs> It's just I, love, I love the comic, too. It's like, hey, what's happening here? I guess I think you're pregnant. You're right. Like, well, this is not, <laughs> as far as I know, Sarah, you would know. Does this how women find out? No. Like, they just have that eight months, and no. they're just like, what's going on? No, no. no? He, just, he looks like he just had, like, a really long night at Taco Bell. Yeah. Like, I've looked even... like that before, and I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't pregnant. <laughs> I will say. By the way, uh, sir, we have Eric July on uh, Stu Does America tonight. Great. Uh, to oh, comment wow. on this very story. So. Wow. Well, he stood me up to do Stu show. <laughs> well, oh, wow. you had all the, you got the famous lawyers on right now. Yeah. I got Eric. I mean, we all have to have somebody on. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about yeah. this. I bet he lost his mind. Oh, my God. I mean, he's also like, I'm going to be a billionaire because now right, everyone's right. going to come by my That's comments. True. So it's true. That's true. But I had to counter signal you guys because mm-hmm. if <laughs> anybody in the world can be trans and have a baby. It's the Joker. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying the guy's insane. Yeah, he is I mean, come out of any kind. He wears makeup. Yeah, he's yeah. in makeup. He's already kind of trans. So you know what? On this <laughs> and I love the Joker. I hate that you had to turn my favorite villain into a trans person having a baby. But if you're gonna do it to anybody, just let's let's keep Superman straight. Can we keep Superman straight? <laughs> uh, this would be a nice time to remind you guys: rip a first comics. Yeah. Where you want to go? Do it. We'll see you guys on Monday. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.